Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald, as we continue our 23rd anniversary season. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. Our guest for the entire show is the L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald. Jim, welcome back to Straight Talk. Thanks, Art, for having me. Appreciate it. Congratulations on your election as sheriff. This is your first appearance in that role. Of course, you were chief of police here in Long Beach for five years and were our guest many times. But uh, you've been on the job now four months up there. Uh, what's it like? Any surprises? You know, I, I don't, wouldn't say surprises, but it's, uh, it's been go, go, go. Um, it's been uh, really a, a tremendous welcome. The, the people in the organization have been uh, extremely welcoming and helpful in my transition. Uh, and really, I'd say overall, the organization is focused on the future, not on the past. And how do we be able to restore the pride in the organization that existed previously, as well as to restore public trust and confidence in an organization that really everybody relies on in the county, whether they realize it or not? And the L.A. Sheriff's is, is the largest law enforcement uh, unit in the country? It's the largest sheriff's department in the country and the second largest police agency in, in the country behind NYPD. Wow. Well, it's a big job, and we'll be talking about it in some detail, but one of the... Uh, well-publicized uh, problems with the sheriffs was jailhouse violence. You mm. served on the Citizens Commission uh, to investigate that right. uh, when you were chief of police here. Uh, how serious is the problem and what steps are being taken to correct it? No, thank you. Yeah, you know, when uh, having worked alongside the sheriff's department for over 30 years, I thought I knew as much as anybody from the outside about the organization. And when I sat on the Citizens Commission on Jail Violence, it was really an eye-opener for me. Uh, some of the things that had been tolerated and even encouraged in some cases were uh, shocking to all of us. Uh, and most people in the organization, you know, weren't okay with that at all. Uh, it was really the work of a relative few and a culture that was created then from that. Um, a lot has been done in the period of time since the Jail Violence Commission, which was 2012. And so we're, we're on the way to, uh, to becoming an organization that is... Uh, one that we'd all be proud of. We have work to do, and uh, I think the tone has been set very clearly as to what the expectations are. The bar has been set high, and we're working toward that. Uh, but part of the issue as well is the infrastructure, the physical infrastructure. Men's Central Jail uh, is very old. It's antiquated, and it's a tier system as opposed to a system of, of pods, if you will, which is the terminology used. I'm sorry, tier versus pod. Yeah, tier is like something you've seen in an old movie, a Jimmy Cagney movie, where oh. you walk down the, the aisles and there's right. cells on both sides, right. uh, a narrow aisle, and uh, you have to physically walk down the tier to be able to look in and ensure that the inmates are, are okay, first of all, and, and then that uh, they're not acting out. Uh, and then the other system is a pod where you can sit in a command center and have a visual on uh, a large piece of area, uh, much safer for really for everybody involved, and you break down the number of inmates in each section uh, to a manageable number. Uh, that's the system that is currently state-of-the-art, and that's a system that we would like to be able to help uh, 
ensure that when we move forward with, rather than another jail, a correctional treatment facility, which is really what, what's needed in L.A. County. And I know you feel uh, there needs to be more of a focus on mental health. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I look at this morning, we have 17,300 people in our custody throughout uh, our system in L.A. County. Wow. About 3,500 of those inmates are mentally ill. And for, for many of those people, uh, the jail is not the appropriate place for them to be. They should be in uh, community-based mental health treatment. Uh, I'm advocating as well for community-based mental health courts to be able to triage people and ensure that if, it's, uh, if diversion is the appropriate uh, mechanism to be able to give them what they need, then we use that. And if it's uh, incarceration that's appropriate, then that's the option that we have. But right now, the default has been incarceration over treatment. There just aren't the facilities out there for that. And I recall a discussion about uh, the first assignment of a new sheriff is, is jail. Right. And a lot of those folks, uh, it's not what their dream is right. as far as policing goes. Right. But some really do want it. And have you found a way to yeah. kind of address that? Yeah, that was one of the recommendations of the CCJV as well, that we adopt a dual track system where we, we go out and we recruit, hire, and train people who want to work in the custody environment, treat it as the specialty that it is, and provide a career path for people who want to be in that specialty. Uh, and then for those deputies who want to come on the job and uh, be field deputies and practice community policing, that they're allowed to do that without doing uh, an extended period, at least, in the, in the jail environment. And as we move forward to doing that, I think we will also be able to change the culture of the organization, which is shaped in large part by up to seven years having been spent in the jail as an initial assignment. And that's a negative, uh, uh, that's a deterrent to good people applying to the sheriffs, knowing yeah that they have to do that and they don't want to do it. Now they don't have to do that necessarily. We're working in that direction and that'll take us a, a period of time for transition. But when you look at young people today, way more sophisticated than we were when they look for a job. And often we'll see people put together a matrix of 10 different departments and they look at pay and benefits and work hours and all of the things that are important to them. But when they get to the sheriff's department, they see that they, up until recently, that they had to do seven years in the jail. And that's some for a disqualifier, and they'd scratch the LASD off their list, and they would then apply to other organizations. So the opportunity cost there of some of the best and the brightest yep. uh, leadership for the future, uh, you know, is, you was go. tremendous. So we'll try and fix that by, uh, you know, reconfiguring the way we do business. Let's talk briefly about realignment and the passage of Prop 47 yeah. uh, and its impact on public safety, both challenging. And yeah. uh, how are you addressing that? Yeah, um, AB 109, which was realignment, that shifted the burden, much of the burden of uh, the inmate population from the state to the county uh, had an impact. We were able locally here uh, to put together a regional approach to be able to get some of the money we got from the state and to put together uh, compliance teams uh, to ensure to reach out and offer help and assistance to those who were released, uh, but to let them know we were also watching them. And, and we had pretty good success in that everybody anticipated crime would go through the roof. It didn't. Yes. We were able to continue to drive crime down here within the region. Uh, then in November, AB1, or I'm sorry, uh, Prop 47, 47 yeah, was voted in by the, uh, the electorate, and uh, we're in a different position now. And the intent of that was very good, to try and reduce the number of people in prison and jail uh, and to provide treatment options instead. The reality of what actually occurred was we uh, made misdemeanors out of possession of, of marijuana, of cocaine, of heroin, of methamphetamine, hard drugs so that every time you were caught with this, it's a misdemeanor. As well, we also made a misdemeanor out of theft under $950. Each time you're caught, it's a misdemeanor. 
So there's really the disincentive it was not there that was there previously. That disincentive was valuable to us, or I'm sorry, the incentive not to offend uh, was valuable to us in that when we had a felony before, we had the leverage then to either somebody could do time or they could go into a treatment program and often would take the treatment program. Because it's no longer a felony and there isn't that kind of leverage, the treatment programs uh, are reporting they're down by 60%. So now we have those people that are involved, and it's often the same people that are addicted to uh, drugs, uh, that continue to reoffend, and there's no vehicle to be able to incarcerate them. They're not going into treatment, so they're on our streets. And with the crowded jails, uh, a misdemeanor, they can be in and out in 24 hours. Right. And uh, Yeah, yeah there, there, no is, there isn't the... Uh, the incentive to go to treatment as an option. Okay, in the next segment, we want to speak to the sheriff about the, the challenge of community policing, uh, not only in this area, but throughout the country. Stay with us. At the Port of Long Beach, we're not only delivering jobs, smart ideas and forward-thinking environmental initiatives we're also delivering opportunity for all of Southern California oh and a clearer horizon line to learn more go to polb.com the port of Long Beach thinking outside the docks Crystal clear HD channels and live TV on the Spectrum app, you never know what you might discover. Charter Spectrum, where will it take you? We are back with our conversation with Sheriff Jim McDonald. Uh, Sheriff, let's talk about the role of, of community policing. I know you stressed that heavily when you were here in Long Beach, and uh, uh, Chief Luna has continued and, and learned a lot from you, really, uh, uh, in many areas. But uh, I remember you said something about if you get the community on your side, then the community becomes the eyes and ears of the police department, mm -hmm. and it works. And yeah. just talk to that. Yeah, there really shouldn't be sides, because the police are the community, and the community are the police. When you look at it, the police, uh, police officers are paid to, be, are paid to do full-time what's the responsibility of all of us in the society. 
So we have to work together. We have to view it as one team. Uh, a police department can only be effective if uh, people are reporting crime, so we're, we know where to focus our resources, and then providing information as to who the suspects are and uh, what kind of activity is going on, what days of the week, what times of the day, and so forth. Uh, we have far too few people to be able to do it on our own effectively, uh, so we're much better together, and uh, really that's the philosophy behind it. And a then, force multiplier by yeah. getting the community behind yeah. you. And you, you, you read about uh, problems in Baltimore and elsewhere. Uh, uh, does that reflect a lack of uh, trust by the community in the police and uh, a failure of this community policing effort? Yeah, certainly you look at uh, the problems in, in a number of cities across the nation and there, uh, there's work to be done. And I think what we see oftentimes, uh, a lot of these actions are taken before all the facts are in. And what that's indicative is that uh, we've got issues that uh, these are the symptoms, but the underlying problems run much deeper. And that's really where community policing, if done right, can really have a, a big impact. And the time to do it is not when you're in crisis. The time to do it is every day of the week uh, to continue to nurture relationships, to be open as, as open and transparent as we can about what we do, and not to be uh, hesitant about asking for help. You know, there are really far too few of us in, in the, on the policing side to be able to, to do it alone. And with the public, we can do so much more. So what would you ask of the public, whether it's in L.A. County or, mm -hmm. or any other community, uh, or what their appropriate role is? Yeah, really, it's just to, uh, to view us as a part of your team, to get to know the, the officers or the deputies who work your area, and to be able to have a rapport so that when something happens, you're able to reach out to somebody and say, hey, uh, there may be nothing to this, but would you come by and check out this house, this car, or whatever the issue is? People often say when we respond to a burglary or some, some other crime, you know, I saw somebody in my neighborhood I didn't feel comfortable about, but I didn't want to bother you guys and that kind of thing. And believe me, you're not bothering us. If we can prevent a crime from happening or just go out and talk to somebody who doesn't uh, look like they, uh, they're in the neighborhood for any good reason, they're just walking around, they're looking, looking at property, looking in the windows or whatever, let us know. We'll go out there and talk to that person. If, if there's, uh, you know, not an issue or something we can address, then we've talked to the person, we know who they are, and, and they're on their way. And if there's somebody who's out there looking to commit a crime, we're able to prevent the crime before it happens. Chief Luna, at a recent public address, said something that uh, really struck me. He said, you know, you can wave to a cop. Now, I never would have, I mean, I know a lot of yeah. police officers, yeah. but I never would have thought of just waving to someone. Sure. But we've done it a couple of times, yeah. and, and it has a very positive response. Yeah. Um, but you, you almost think that that's intruding on, you know, or you're trying to make trouble or something, but, but waving to a cop, not a bad idea. Oh, a great idea. I mean, and, and the officer's waving back. I mean, that's just as important. Yeah. Uh, we drive down the street. I don't know why we would miss an opportunity to be able to just, you know, acknowledge somebody, smile, wave, shake their hand if you can. And I often talk to our deputies and our officers about just the importance of uh, a person in uniform and the impact they have on a young child. And just taking a minute to stop and say, hey, how are you doing? What are you, what, how's school going? What are you doing? And kind of give them hope. You've just changed the dynamic maybe of how they view the police because of that one encounter one, one that they may never forget. The only time they may have seen an officer in the past is, you know, unfortunately at the scene of a crime or maybe someone coming into their home because of problems in the family or something. So to be able to change uh, the perception of the police with, which, with something that may take 10 seconds, but it's time so well spent. Is one of the challenges with the sheriff's department that the sheriffs are normally in cars and not out physically walking around in the neighborhoods? 
You know, in an ideal sense, everybody talks about community policing. You need to get the officers or deputies out and, and walk in a footbeat, and that would be ideal. But when you look at the uh, uh, deputy or, or officer uh, ratio to population in Southern California and the Western United States, uh, it is very, very lean. And so the ability to be have, able to have people walking footbeats and still be able to respond in a timely manner to a call for service is very, very difficult. Yeah. When you look at Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, they have about four to four and a half officers per thousand population. D.C. has seven and a half. When you look at uh, locally here, uh, Los Angeles uh, has two and a half. Long Beach has under two. Uh, and in the sheriff's department, when you break it down and you, you take out the fixed post positions, the jail, the courts, the transportation, uh, we're very, very lean. So we need to be able to uh, leverage relationships. And if it means waving in, in a moving car or whatever we have to do, we have to be as open and uh, approachable as we yeah. can be, given the realities of what we face. Now, I know after Baltimore, uh, you went to uh, two car patrols uh, as a safety precaution and LAPD, LAPD announced that but they're already two in a car anyway <laughs> what's the policy on sheriffs as to manning per car we uh, we have uh, we provide direct police resources for 42 of the 88 cities in LA County and uh, the vast majority of those are one deputy per vehicle that allows us much as that Long Beach does that allows us to have twice as many black and whites on the street the ability to be able to drive down response time and the officers and the deputies know how to be able to be responsive to back each other up. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, over time working in a, in a one deputy, one officer car configuration, you, you pick up. How's the response time uh, for the sheriff's department for those areas that they are responsible for policing for? It's actually, it's actually very good overall. There are parts of the county that are remote and uh, we don't have a lot of cars in some of the hill, hill country that we have, uh, the Santa Monica Mountain Range, San Gabriel Mountain Range. Um, so it takes longer to get to some of those calls, but in our more urban areas, the response time is, is good. Great. Okay, well, we continue this conversation with the sheriff after we pause for these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Belfar, Long Beach. 
when you have enough internet speed for everyone in your home, mom can video chat with grandma. Your daughter can check her favorite sites. Your son can conquer the galaxy. And you'll still have enough bandwidth to conquer your first warrior pose. Get internet speed starting at 60 megabits per second with Charter Spectrum. Where will it take you? We're back with the new sheriff in town, Jim McDonald. Sheriff, uh, do you have a reserve uh, sheriff's contingent up there? And if so, what do they do? Yeah, we have a great reserve program. We have uh, you know over 700 uh, people involved in that. Uh, there's there's different jobs, uh, different positions throughout the county. We have a, a very robust search and rescue program. Uh, in eight di eight different uh, uh, groups that do that. We also then have uh, reserves that do patrol, do detective work, do all sorts of different And they're uh, volunteering assignments. their, uh, their they services. Are, they get, yeah, they get a dollar a year, and it's just uh, some amazing talent. The benefit of the program is it brings to us the skills, expertise, and experience of people outside of policing who then uh, are able to share their experiences with us, and it, it, it adds a lot to the organization. And you have a force multiplier with 700 reserve sheriffs and paying a buck a year. Uh, yeah. That's soft on the county budget. You sound like, you sound, sound like a cop talking about force multipliers, and I will get you on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, let's, uh, I would like to get up close and personal in the last segment here, and uh, uh, you've been on the job now for four months or Almost so. five, yeah. Five months. Mm -hmm. uh, any regrets? Uh, uh, any surprises? No, you know, no regrets at all. Um, you know, it is a big job, and it is, uh, you know, the, the area we patrol and are responsible for the county of Los Angeles is over 4,000 square miles, population over 10 million people, uh, 88 cities, 130 unincorporated areas, and uh, it's really just uh, kind of a, you know, living the dream, if you will. It is a busy job, but it's a great job. We have uh, tremendously dedicated men and women uh, in the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, both sworn and professional staff. We have 18,000 employees wow. uh, doing a variety of different assignments. And uh, when you look at the different specialties within the organization, people always think of patrol. Uh, we have detectives for the, across the, uh, the spectrum. We have uh, search and rescue, as I mentioned. We have the largest jail in America, the largest court system in America, the public transportation system. Uh, and on and on, and it's just uh, it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity to be able to go into an organization that uh, is a great one, and to be able to do what I can to be able to, as I mentioned earlier, restore the public's trust in the organization and build on the pride and morale that uh, is within. And we've talked about values over the years uh, in your appearances on our show, and the importance of ethics and values. And I understand you've instituted a policy of uh, you lie, you're out. Yeah, you know what, uh, everything we do is based on our credibility, you know, and if you can't trust the uh, the word of a deputy or an officer, then that's really all we have to go on. So we've taken a hard line on, on honesty, on truthfulness, on, on integrity, and really that's the foundation that we stand on. That's why we're in the position we're in where people, uh, when they're in trouble, they call 911 and they expect somebody to come out uh, who's going to be honest, who's going to be in their home maybe when they're not there. Uh, and taking care of their kids and doing things that are sacred to all of us. And that takes a special type of person, and we have to uphold the standard and, and raise the bar and work hard every day to be better than we were the day before. That's just great. Yeah, thanks. Uh, let's spend a moment about the, uh, on the Sheriff's Youth Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and I know you've always focused on the importance of young people. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have uh, we have the Sheriff's Youth Foundation, and it's a good organization, and we want to be able to even take it to a higher level. But they support are very supportive of various youth programs we have throughout the county. We have the Youth Activities Leagues, uh, which we're always looking for additional help, additional resources to be, be able to provide services to more and more kids. Uh, when you look at the uh, the impact that a youth center has on a, a young person, if they have no alternative but to hang on the streets, they're going to get involved in gangs, and then you know the the path that leads you, and then with uh, to destruction in many cases. Uh, but to be able to have a place where a kid can go after school, where they can get help with their homework, where they can learn to read to grade level, that's a critical part. I've said it before that from the time we're born till the third grade, we learn to read. From the third grade on, for the rest of our lives, we read to learn. And if we don't have that first part down, then we don't stand a chance sure. of being successful for the rest of our lives. So to be able to take the opportunity to be able to work with kids after school, to give them what they need that they may not be getting in their homes, and to be able to help build self-esteem, to give them skills, to be able to expose them to things that they may not otherwise get exposed to. There's kids in Southern California who've never been to the beach. Things that we take for granted, yeah. you know, it's just uh, you know, the way it is. Uh, these kids don't have those opportunities. The family doesn't have a car. In many cases, uh, the kids have been afraid to leave the neighborhood because of the gang issues in some of our more challenged areas. Uh, so this opens doors and, and opportunities and a vision for what can be to kids that they might not otherwise have. So if you're interested in helping out with the Youth Foundation, uh, contact uh, the Sheriff's Office at the number on the bumper that we're going to put up right now. So we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. There's a world of opportunity available through the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. Would you like to move ahead in the field of human resources and personnel management? Sign up for the Human Resources Management Certificate Program. You'll learn how to expand your knowledge and skills and advance in this dynamic industry. For more information, contact the College of Continuing and Professional Education at Cal State Long Beach. You've been planning this moment for a long time. It couldn't be a more perfect moment. And you have the perfect ring that will tell her, I want to love you forever. But nothing is perfect. Don't listen to that guy. He got the ring at McCarty's. McCarty's yes. makes a moment. 
I think the county is very fortunate to have a man of the caliber of Jim McDonald serving as sheriff, such an important job. Uh, we lost him here in Long Beach. He did a great job for five years, but uh, Chief Luna learned a lot from him, as he said publicly, and uh, thanks for, for all you do for, for our community here in Long Beach and now the entire county. No, thank you very much. You're, uh, you've got a good man in Chief Luna. You've got a great department here in Long Beach, so I feel very very good about uh, being a partner now with the Long Beach PD in my new role as well. So yeah. uh, things are good in that uh, category. Well, we wish you and your lovely wife, Kathy, continued success. And uh, it's a big job that you choose to, to bite off, but uh, you're the man. Uh, thank you. If I could, to, uh, to those watching the show, uh, the Sheriff's Department is your Sheriff's Department. We want to work together with the communities that we serve. So feel free, step up, get engaged, and, and help us do a very important job for everybody. Thanks, Jim. Thank you very much, Art. Thank you for joining us, and please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press-Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.